welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but them views, they are amazing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, Pete Jones, and I got my guy, Art Faison, down bottom. That, he just gave me a whole lot right then and there. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, man? Yo, I'm, I'm good. I am enjoying life. 40 is pretty awesome, and I'm just taking it for what it is. I'm really just enjoying, enjoying the moment. Like, it's, it's nice, yo. Like, it's really cool. So I, I can't say much about it, but uh, I'm grateful. Just very grateful for the whole process. That's amazing, man. That's something that we're going to definitely have to get into, especially with you and Fresh hitting the milestone, right? One one right after the other. Sliding your way, Fresh. What's happening, baby? Man, I'm here, you know, got a beautiful view of the city. Um, losing my shoulders every once in a while, but, you know, because I'll be hitting them with the shoulders. But we out here, man, we still liberated, still in the revolution. There it is. BJ, what's going on? All good, man. Blessed and highly favored all around. What we gonna do with these bricks, man? Hey, we build, see, man. We building brick by brick, brick by brick. There it is. There it is. Coach K, what's happening, brother? I'm happy to be here, uh, man. Just still on a on a high after the last weekend that just passed, which I'm sure we'll get into in a second. But um, yeah, man, just excited for what's next. That's it, man. Last weekend was amazing, dog. I mean, we hats off to the team, man. We put on an amazing. Uh, Juneteenth celebration event. Um, if you haven't checked it, go ahead and check us out on Facebook where we got the live, uh, where we did the live event. Uh, we're going to have snippets of the whole thing, but it was just, it was amazing, man. Shout out to all our guests, um, all of our listeners, everybody that tuned in between Facebook and YouTube. And uh, I'm just really proud of us, man, and really proud of the moment because it really reinvigorated my enthusiasm or renewed my enthusiasm around Juneteenth. Mm. Uh, it took me back to a time where as a, a jit, you know, my grandmother used to take us to the celebrations in the park. And it just seemed like as I got older and older, we got further and further away from it. Um, but that event and the historical aspects, the music, the culture, highlighting different, um, different areas of our excellence. Uh, it was just a great start to the weekend. Uh, so hats off, fellas. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, man, I want to, I want to give a shout out to not even because of, the other event but just just Miami Hurricanes just alumni I mean our supporters our, our people showed up in a big way big way uh, in a big and way I was I, I was just I didn't even know what to say I mean yeah, just man. over Definitely over oh, surprised at the turnout um extremely happy at the turnout but just like you said it was um always awesome to get the opportunity to see that people are out there listening right yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing like we talk about it every week we know people are listening nobody says much except occasionally <laughs> somebody like oh yeah your podcast episode whoa, whoa. You, personal you listen to our podcast wow okay um but to have everybody show up you know yeah. over a thousand people that's just uh, you know Wow. Okay. It was crazy, man. And then for everything to come together so fast, man, it was like moving at warp speed. Um, you shouted us out, but a shout, I got to shout out the Canes again because all of our guests, everybody, you know, you, you picked up the phone and it was just like, yeah, let's get it. So, you know, BJ, yeah. shout out you organizing everything and putting us in the position to win. Um, but, you know, just watching that thing come together in, in such a short time, time frame was amazing. And it really was, again, shout out to everybody because the idea was thrown out there. Everybody said, run with it. And we just made it happen. Again, everybody showed up, showed out, and nobody hesitated, and nobody questioned it. They're like, what do we need to do to make it happen? Um, and that was a beautiful part of it. Again, humbled um, by the turnout, by, by the response. Um, but again, that's just a platform that we just – I, I take it as validation of what we're doing. We need to keep pushing and yep. take it to the next level. Because now we, that, that, that bar has been set. We can't go back from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the bigger thing 
that, you know, we have to take away from that situation is the fact that we just did because oftentimes, you know, you'll talk yourself out of something. You'll say, oh, it's not enough time. You know, we even had, you know, uh, I think it was, it was his name Brian Henderson? Yes, yes. Brian. That helped yep. us get organized and everything. And even talking with him, there were some hurdles and obstacles that he pointed out that we, you know, had to make sure we considered and took, um, took the appropriate steps to, to mitigate. But just getting out there and doing it. And I think, Fresh, you speak to that all of the time, just taking That's the leap, going ahead and making making the jump, making it happen, no matter what is or what you have or what you don't have, it's more important to just get out there and do it. And, you know, we out, out there shine. I think it's um a testament that every, everything happens for a reason and everything happens at the right time. I don't think that this would have happened last year for Juneteenth. You know what I mean? I don't think we would have had the same turnout. I don't think we would have been able to do the same thing. And it's only being in the times that we are now and allowing that in the sense to be the fuel that made us say, you know what, we are just going to make it happen. But it also did allow us to realize how powerful we are and, and what we have at our hands and at our fingertips and to do just that, do more of the doing and less of the, you know, sitting back and, and contemplating and thinking about whether or not we can. We did this in a week and a half, two weeks, and it's, it's been one of the most phenomenal things that we've ever put together. And just like you said, it's because we all just put our heads down and said, hey, we're just going to get to the finish line. It was also it was also about everybody getting out of their comfort zone at some point. Definitely. Because yeah. even going into the day before, we <laughs> thought we were going to be running with three of us. And then all of a sudden, Brett got free and Faison got free. And they just jumped in. To, to different segments and nobody was ever concerned about, you know what? I've never spoke to these people before in my life. How am I going to get up here and interview them? Um, we moved so fast. Art didn't even know what was going on until it was going on. And, and half of the meeting was, was talking art off the ledge of, I could see the look in his eyes. Like y'all did all of this without me. Like, am I even part of this group? Like is, <laughs> I was just, I mean, listen, it was a crazy week for me on top of that. So I already knew I was playing catch up, but I just happened to scroll up. And I'm like, wait, what is going on right now? Like, okay. And then BJ was like, yeah, you're doing financial. So you're good. And I was like, cool, cool. <laughs> but again, that's just BJ being the logistical mastermind that he is and putting you in a position to win. I mean, yeah, for sure. Exactly what it puts you so. Yeah, I take credit cool. for nothing. In fact, I think Kay is the one who said take the financial piece. I'm like, get in. I don't, I don't, I don't know where. I don't know how. I just want everybody on. <laughs> we got on our Friday. I'm like, okay, can they just pop in for 15 minutes? At, I don't care if it's for five minutes at some point in time. Just check in, say, hey, how you doing? We are here and check out that we have everybody in the cast. And you know me, like, again, I was ready to carry the front the front end that first hour and I, that's not me at all you know i will gladly pass it off right <laughs> but it was like yo they're in everybody get in where you feel in. let's make it happen and that's really what it was i yeah, mean was, when, you, when you look at i'm sorry when you look at the time flow though we had a, a a schedule out of how to go almost to a t we were we were down to it the, the, the financial piece actually went over a little bit longer but it was good stuff so it didn't matter and we ended it a little bit after three. So we were on and then fresh spun for like well, another 40 minutes or so, almost an hour. So yeah. we were on Lily for live for almost four hours straight. With no technical difficulties. It was, that was the, the, the piece right there. Right. Didn't, didn't get kicked off or anything. I mean, it was just, it was like, because we had decided this is what we were going to do everything just went the way it was supposed to go. And I, I don't want people to misunderstand though. The reason why it went like that is because 154 episodes in. Yes. We're 154 <laughs> episodes in and anything that can happen has happened. But if we had not continued to work through those things and if we had given up at any point, we couldn't just randomly just put on this event. Right. So the, the lesson is, look, there's probably something that you want to do and either A, you're talking yourself out of it, B, you don't think you have the resources, C, you don't think you have the people to support it, and D, you just don't keep 
pushing yourself to, okay, you know what? I'm not going to worry about the end result. Let me just keep working. Let me keep practicing because I can tell you for BJ to jump in and kick us off, for Art to jump in and host, for Fresh to do what well, Fresh just does, what Fresh always does. But for Brett, who at one point was just like, man, I don't even know if I should be moderating this. It was like, no, no, no. You're going to continue to be the moderator. Um, <laughs> and then at some point we switched to, okay, well, everybody's going to moderate at some point everybody's going to have their own segment. So mm -hmm. it really truly was just everybody being in the right spot to do what they normally do every single week. And we just put it all together and formed Voltron and, and, and ha had an awesome event. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. The capitalization on the moment was at an all time high. You know, you just capitalize on that moment. Um, I would have never, if anybody had asked us how many people we would have watched, I would have never expected to see that 1,000 views number at yeah. the end of that situation. Um, so, again, I think it's, it's just we, we made that decision. Like, it was our time to really come into that, and we stepped into it in every way we possibly could. Mm -hmm. Then you fast forward to Friday night, which was a lot less intense. It was way more fun in uh, – <laughs> The question and answer period was um, it was it was a little more than what I expected, honestly, because we got so far away from that blackish episode. Um, but we had really good questions mm -hmm. and really good dialogue about some real issues within the community and, and ways to, you know, go about handling or fixing or putting ourselves in better position. Um, and especially I think one of the bigger moments for me is when Carol pointed out that uh, that gentrification piece um, mm -hmm. and then the, the no root no fruit situation like that that really put a lot of things in perspective because it was really taking a situation that we see each and every day and there are so many answers to all of these different problems that we have um but that one it seems so apparent it's right in front of you and you just i almost just overlook it every day yeah again shout out to um black alumni society uh for even thinking about us and again just just another another um point of you don't know who's listening you don't know who is recognizing your your work and yeah. who's going to end up calling on you mm -hmm. and they just said hey we were having our planning meeting we said who we need somebody to do this and then they said what about the 13th floor podcast <laughs> which is fire yeah, right? which is fire. It's so awesome. we jump in and we do it. And again, we didn't question it. I, I'll tell you up to probably the two days before, we still didn't even know what we were really doing. <laughs> and then when we found out what we were doing and thought about it, it was like, mm, yeah, we're just going to do what we do. Yeah, we'll just do what we do. <laughs> it, was, it was smooth. I mean, it, it, that, that was, it was smooth. I was listening and watching background wanting to just date. But I just, I was happy to see it, man. It was good. It was really good to see y'all do your thing. And be a, be a cast member this time. Just watch the show. Go fire. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, really, I wish all five of us could have been on because <laughs> it had been cool for everybody to see the different perspectives. But not mm. only that, it was really interesting to watch people ask questions and us never get stumped. Like, yeah, no. Yeah we were ready to go every single question and there were so many hands and so many people that wanted to jump in and look, if you're listening, be on the lookout because we are going to have the part two to that because people are asking for it. Mm -hmm. So we will have that very soon. So please keep All on right. the lookout. We will organize that and put that together and get that out. Um, so for those of you that participated in that event, um, look, we maybe, maybe we're the catalysts. You know, maybe our platform's gonna serve as 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 the 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 instigators or the initiators of what is the agenda because that is the big question that everybody has. What is the agenda? What is next? So hey, we're gonna do our part. Show up. Mm -hmm. You can do yours. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you guys get out on Saturday after um just the, any Juneteenth like festivities that were going on on the weekend? No, I did not. You know, um, the funniest thing is I probably, well, not even probably, I didn't celebrate Juneteenth more in any period of my life 
than when I lived in Alaska, in Fairbanks, Alaska. Wow. And I mean, in Fairbanks, Alaska, every year participated, not just went to, participated everybody in my family in the, the Juneteenth parade. Like, wow. I remember vivid memories every year of my life in Alaska doing something for Juneteenth. And then when I got down to Cleveland, kaput. I don't even remember them like really discussing it. Yeah. I never knew about I had not known about Juneteenth and my mom didn't even know when I tore by it until I saw the Black Sea episode. And that sparked my interest in what this was. So like mm -hmm. it's it's just crazy that it came full circle. But yeah, I had no idea about it. Like well, Trump teller, he put it on the map. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. So I went down to uh, D.C. and got to walk around Black Lives Matter place, um, the plaza. Yeah, man, it's going to be really nice, man. Uh, they got the mural on the ground. But the thing is, you can't fly drones in D.C., so I don't know how. You, you got to get on somebody's roof to get a good aerial shot of it. There'll definitely be somebody who gets that, that opportunity. Oh, yeah. You can probably fly a drone at night or get a scroll in the morning before they start. Nah, the drone nah, won't it's even like, take off. They have no fly zone. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's oh, no possible yeah. Yeah, but um, like the the amount of vendors and the energy around, and so many different um, different stops along the way. So you got everybody selling their t-shirts and their buttons, but then you got art. Then you got all of these different. Um, That's beautiful. All these different signs up around the White House and everything. You got the mural on the ground. There's a labor union with the Black Lives Matter flags flying. So it's really empowering. Um, I definitely encourage anybody in the area that hasn't seen it yet to go out there and check it out because I think it's going to be like an ongoing thing on the weekend. And the beautiful part of it was that it wasn't so busy. Me and Chris got up early that Saturday and was down there by like 10 or, 10 or 11 o'clock. It wasn't like huge crowds and everything, and that's probably corona related. But you really just got to enjoy. Right. But you really got to enjoy the vendors, man, and really talk to people and just get their sentiment about what's going on and even – even the homeless or the vagrants that was out and about, man, like having conversations with them, just you know, just kicking it or whatever. It was, it was really, really, it was a really good day, man. Really good weekend, honestly. Nice. So, the question: the Were y'all masked up the whole time? Nah, man. Um, when we were out, like unless we were in um, like close quarters, like when you walking up to like the vendor or whatever, we'll put the mask on. But when you just outside, like. It just doesn't make sense to me because we're outside. I'm not shoulder to shoulder to anybody or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, um, I don't know, we have a, a different take on how to handle this whole corona situation. And I think the mass, the masses kind of follow. So, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit different, I'll say. Yeah. But uh, segueing into Father's Day, man. Um, I was just going to say, I need to ask the question. How many of y'all worked harder than you worked the rest of the days on, on Sunday, on Father's Day? I refuse to. <laughs> Not me. I say that shit every year, and it never happens. <laughs> I think, I think they, the day started off um, with great intent. Um, that is a very and, good way to put it, sir. And, you know, my uh, the boys came in the room. They woke up super early. They gave me a wonderful, like, daddy kiss on the cheek and happy Father's Day. And it was, like, awesome. It was 6.30. I'm like, why are you here so early? That's cool. <laughs> I start the process. So then, it, then they, they went from being angels to being a three-year-old or four-year-old by, like, 9 o'clock. And then it just kept going. <laughs> kept going. And they were in their true essence of uh, adolescence. And that was just fun, fun times. <laughs> but yeah, nice long day. Nice long That's why day. When I, we raised them when they get older to sleep in. Like right. we, we ended up doing, because um, it's still doing church virtual, and they ended up posting the service, like the 40-minute service on Saturday. So we ended up watching it like 10, 30, 11 o'clock Saturday night. I, like, I'm sleeping in on Sunday. <laughs> oh, we lost it. I'm like, I'm sleeping in on Sunday. So we didn't see nobody until noon. Ooh, nice. I think right. Gina got up, Gina got up earlier than that, but I came downstairs at like noon. I was up before that, but I didn't come downstairs until about noon. And the kids was around doing their own thing. And after that, we just kind of, we ate breakfast. Um, we actually ended up sitting around here putting a puzzle together for like 
a couple hours just sitting around the table putting them. We've never done that before. I didn't even know my kids like puzzles. Like, cause you talk about puzzles the other time, they're like, they don't want to do it. But one of my one of my father's gift was a, a UM puzzle. And Madison like, can we start it? I like, let's do it. And then all of a sudden, slowly, one by one, everybody just started coming to the table and working. Took us a couple hours, a 500 piece puzzle. That was most of the afternoon. We just chilled. That's what's up. And I was you fresh, no, uh, no nephews, no cousins, no nothing. Nah, I was kid um, and Corona free, baby. I was just <laughs> living a dream over there. Exactly, yo, living <laughs> off the fat of the land. I actually, you know what I was doing? I was doing some running around. I, um, me and one of my homeboys started a clothing line. Time is enemy. Uh, so I was doing some running around, taking some shots for that, and uh, working on making a little intro video. We actually dropped oh, okay. off yesterday. Um, one of the artists that we had do one of uh, the designs, we dropped off one of the t-shirts, the first t-shirt designs to him yesterday. But well, we got a dope little video on the way. Easy. Looking forward to that, man. Uh, this Father's Day, I would probably say, uh, hands down, probably the best Father's Day I had, except for the time that me and all my brothers and sisters, or well, my brother and my two sisters, were actually with our father all together. Um, but this Father's Day was like super special, man. Uh, I didn't have, like Art said, it started out with great intent, right? The kids were with Auntie Bunny. Shout out Uncle Gus. K not here right now. But um, the kids were with Auntie Bunny or whatever. So me and Chris got to, you know, just kick it, relax. We ended up getting up early again that day. Um, but just got to relax, you know, the early part of the morning. And then we ended up doing a little bit of stuff around the house and then getting out to, you know, run some errands or whatever. Um, but then I got to get on the grill for a little while. Um, and then when the kids finally came later on that evening, like when they ran up and Nia, you know, she ran up and she hugged me. And, you know, she hugged me for a lot longer than she normally does. Like, I don't know, this one just felt a lot different. Um, and, you know, not to, you know, put one against the other, because Kelly is great too. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a different type of relationship, you know, when you have a child that's not, you know, blood yours. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and, you know, there's challenges that come, come with that, hurdles and stuff that, stuff that I've had to learn to do better along the way. Um, and having all of them, Ari and Max included, um, niece and nephew, and Kellen all here, you know, it's like, wow, I got all of my kids here. You know, at the same time, we taking pictures, hanging out, throwing balls and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a really, really proud moment, especially when you give and you pour into them in so many ways to get that back in return and, you know, what their love looks like. It was just amazing, man, um, honestly. And, like, I, I just – I wanted to capture that in, like, a time capsule, you know, as best as I can with all of the pictures and everything because it was um, – like I said, this is by far one of the best Father's Day. Father days, Father's Day for me. Um, and thinking about the relationship uh, that I have with all of them and running that through my head and how it's changed and grown and matured over mm -hmm. time is really big, especially when I think about me and my father's relationship because it was a completely different dynamic. You know, with him being military, not always being present, and then you know, me picking up, <clears throat> excuse me, picking up things inadvertently from him that I carry into my adolescence and early adulthood that were some very beneficial and then some, uh, some hindrances. Um, and I think that that's something that I want to talk about tonight is, you know, the relationship that we've had with our father and, you know, some of the things that they've given us, but how sometimes, and it might just be me, but how you know, the good, you, you got to take the good and the bad from them, you know, and, and identifying those things uh, as you mature, because I feel like I did fall into the sins of the father type of situation and, you know, picking those things up as I grew. But there were also a lot of great things that, you know, my father instilled in me, like the discipline and hard work and athleticism um, that you can't really, you know, you got to, you really got to, you know, balance the two, you know what I'm saying? Not putting them at fault and understand that nobody's perfect and then loving them, you know, despite all of these things. 
I think it's always, um, I always have the moments of thinking like, okay, I'm 40 years old right now. And then I think of like, wow, when my dad was 40, he was doing this and had to do this with me and had that, you know what I mean? Those types of moments over my whole life journey. So it's, you're right. You have to um, be able to understand and navigate and, and take the valuable pieces that can be assets to your growth. But only through living do you find out and understand how to make those pieces fit into your puzzle, BJ. Um, <laughs> that that is 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 really what life is about, right? Is is you never know what those lessons that they taught you, how they will be applicable as you grow and especially as you're um, becoming a father, right? But when you have those moments of being able to remember and and trickle back to, oh snap, this. This is just like when I was I was six and, and doing such. And I remember he told me X, Y, Z. Yeah, X, Y, Z is what you need to do, son. Or you know what I mean? Like being able to have those moments, that's, that's what's awesome, right? That's that, that growth in, in really like one of the true essences and meaning the life is when you can, can be able to take that, that, that lesson and, and provide it to, to who you're trying to help um, grow into a better member of society. Exactly. I to stay this time. I keep getting kicked out. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but um, I, you know, I'll I'll just be a hundred percent transparent. I don't really know where y'all at, but I think we're talking about fathers, yeah. and <laughs> like I didn't grow up with my father, so and then when we kind of sort of started establishing a relationship, um, he got sick and he died. And I was in my 20s when this happened. So for me, there's always that constant burden of I want to have a better relationship with my son and do mm. better with my son than my father did with me. Yeah. And that's just always there. And it's probably not the right thing to do to always be walking around with that comparison because mm -hmm. I'm a totally different person. And I should just be able to establish my own uh, ideal of what fatherhood is as opposed to making that comparison. So it weighs heavy on decisions that I make as far as not being what my father was or what my father wasn't, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know which one of you guys dropped the, the red table talk. But I mean, very similar to listening to Will Smith, where it's one of those things um, that you can't you can't allow. You're going to be the best you, period, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's something that you often hear, um, especially people who didn't have the opportunity to have the fathers in their life of that struggle or if their father was not a great father, you know, that struggle of wanting to make sure that you don't allow those traits to trickle into you. But I always feel that it's, it's just in the initial um, desire to want to be better. You're already putting, you know what I mean? Yourself in a situation to do so much better. So all, all those things are a part of who you are. And that's what I think even Carol, when you, you make that statement that, it's that compare. It's an unfair comparison, or we shouldn't be making that. But again, it's also kind of denying what makes you and those experiences in life that they got you to here. Um, again, a lot of this have been reflected on. Again, whether you are like I just want to be just like my pops, or you're at the other stream. I don't be nothing like my pops, right? Yeah. It molds and makes you to how you interact with people, relationships you keep. Your personal relationship, whether it be your wife, your, your, how you date, whatever, and even your kids. Um, and I think one of the, the poignant points that, that Will Smith made during that whole comment, the whole well, almost like 40 minute piece, um, mm -hmm. is something that a lot of just couples in general need to have the conversation around. Like, at the end of the day, my, my role as the father, husband, whatever that relationship is, does not dictate what my status is as a father. 
should not dictate what my status is as a father because they're two totally different things. Um, how you raise your kids, how you interact with your kids, and then how you are with the kid's mother, no matter what relationship you're in now, together, apart, whatever, it doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference. One doesn't necessarily, I can mess up in one and not mess up in the other. And mess up is the wrong word. But um, when, I, when I look at the big pictures, like, that's one area, no matter how much struggle, how much strife, how many tears got to fall, it's almost like I refuse to fail. Failure is not an option. But you know what? And we know that. But I think what society has done to the image of the black male mm-hmm. has mandated that those are the two biggest measuring sticks of us as a man. How we treat our spouse and how, what we do for our kids. Right, and it's almost made it to where they're they're one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not good at either one of them, then that means that you're just not a good man. Period. You're not a good father. You're not a good husband. If you can't get both right, then you're terrible. Yeah, and that's you're just, just a, a bad person. You're right. Yeah, that's just the way the society has spun it. Right to 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 just totally devalue the image of the black male and just skew it totally. I don't. I don't feel like I see that same thing with white males. You're right. Definitely not. Um, yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's it's very rare you even hear the narrative of a non um, two family, uh, you know, white home. <laughs> like that, that narrative is not even often expressed or played out at all. And it, when it is played out and it happens, it's not looked upon as as bad, it's, oh, you know, mommy, mommy and daddy weren't good for each other. We decided to go separately. It's all good. We're still, both families still love that kid, and that's it. We'll be fine. But if, if it happens to us, then it's, you know, oh, that the man was, the, the, the dad was horrible. He's the reason why things happen and change. Mm-hmm. So it's the hardcore uh, narrative that we've been given that we've been, we're trying to break, but it's a lot. And things have changed. There's a lot more fathers that are still with their wives or with their their mothers and their kids than there are not but it's such a long bad road to get back to say that this is positive that it just and all the comedians everything you do is always about how single black father blah blah so that's just the narrative right. that's been put out there it's tv everything else you're right you're right and what's crazy and i man i can't remember where i saw the stats i know i was looking at something maybe somebody posted on social media but it said compared to any other race, black men are more involved with their kids than any yep. other race, period. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say mind blowing to me because I mean, I, I think I see it, but just to know that that's not the narrative that's usually put out. That's not right. the stat that's put out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then to take it one step further, look, we, we, we have people that buy into that, right? We have, it's bought into by us. Yeah. We subscribe to it um, yeah. to the point where one of the things that stood out for me most um, with the Red Table Talk was him saying that um, black mothers have to allow black fathers to be black fathers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What you just said, um, again, including back into one of the things, that involvement piece, right? What does that really mean? Because that, that, that's not a one size fit all, put it inside a box and this is the measuring stick. And I say that because I get what, one of the other things that piss me off a lot when I hear, um, and it doesn't matter what background they're from, but I hear people at the schoolhouse saying, well, we have uninvolved parents. And a, a majority of the time, and it, parents as a whole, but a majority of the time that's in the black and brown neighborhoods, right? Um, or low socioeconomic, let's go that one, because that's where most of these conversations occur. Well, we, we have parents that are uninvolved. Well, involved with me when I have to work two jobs, right. um, my wife is working two jobs, whatever, involvement is different. Involvement just may be, did everybody eat? Are your clothes clean? Did you get off those school on time? Mm-hmm. I, I can't physically can't come into a conference because something's going on in school right this second, but I will be there if you need me to be or 
I can't come to PTA meetings, but if you <coughs> text me what's going on, I'll respond to you. So your perception of involvement has to evolve. Um, but that means you have to get to know the individual. That being said, that's parents as a whole. But when you look at that same thing, what does involvement mean as a black father? Even if I'm not, if we were separated as as husband and wife, we're no longer together, oh, we were never married, whatever the case may be. Like my involvement may be reaching out to make sure I'm having those tough conversations with my son and my daughter um, on a regular basis to make sure they understand that I'm still there. Um, to make sure that um, when they when they do need something, I can provide for whatever case may be going on. All these are, involvement is different. I reflect on my own childhood. At this point in time, I remember vividly growing up. My dad was the one who volunteered when I was playing t-ball to be one of the volunteer coaches mm-hmm. on the soccer team. Like, he didn't really volunteer for soccer, but he was always there on Saturdays. I played sports all the way up to middle school, so I started working. Like, is he going to be the one that's jumping up and down and cheering us out? I know, but he's. I guarantee you, when I saw his truck pull up my whole perception changed. Like, my dad is here. I got I to gotta show up and show up. Not, not that I didn't the other time, but when I saw his truck coming down the street or pulling into the park where he's playing, it's a different thing because I knew my dad was there to watch me play, right? When he showed up at school, again, he wasn't the one that's going to show up at every single thing that happened in school, and my mom was. And that's not that bad stroke against him. That's just not where he shined at. And then I got to reflect on him as well. Like, education to him was our ticket, that's why he pushed it so much. Because education to him, when he grew up, was a non-necessity. He grew up in rural South Carolina, where they were raised, and during the day, you didn't have time to go to school because you had to go out in the fields and work, right? So the things he was used to and things he was doing, his involvement was at a different level, but people on the outside don't understand that. Yeah. I I, I can't wait to... uh to be a dad. Like I I think my wife, EJ said it the other day, she goes, you, if we didn't have kids yet, you probably would hate me uh, because of the fact that I'm looking forward to that stage when they're older and I get to go out and like be that sports dad and um, you know, be there on the sideline and volunteers and learn, do these things and like be there and be that dad. Like I'm looking forward to that and I'm just happy my job's gonna allow me to do that. But I mean, I, that, just hearing you talk about that, about what your dad did for you, um, and my dad didn't get to do that for me because he wasn't there at the time, and that's not his fault or anything else that, um, but Mr. Tim came in, and he was there from that 16 or 12-year-old point into college, so I got to see what it was like to be that way, and, you know, it's, I can't wait for it. I'm like, I'm excited now, and there, he's already four, but I'm going to be there, like, cheering on, PD, it may be, so, uh, yeah, that's some good things. Good things. I'm excited. So, Carol, you were mentioning statistics, and that's where I was off in uh, Lala. I was off in statistic land trying to figure out where, because I had seen some of those statistics that you were speaking of. And one of the things that we have to be careful, or, yeah, we got to be careful of when it comes to that misinformation is where the data actually comes from, because a lot of the statistics that they throw, about, throw out about Black fathers not being present or not being in the home, it comes from the child not necessarily living in the home with the the father because most times when um you know the parents aren't together the child is with the mother um but you got a pew research center study that shows an estimated 67 percent of black dads who don't live with their kids see them at least once a month in comparison to white fathers who only see their kids, uh, only 59% of white fathers see their kids once a month, and 32% of Hispanic uh, dads see their um, kids once a month. So there's uh, other statistics or other uh, ways they break down the data so that you can decipher it. Um, But what I can tell you is from those that I know, and it's not to say that there aren't bad apples out there, Lord knows Mm -hmm. there are, because I had a very, very, spirited and heated conversation with Chris about Nia's father yesterday. Um, We are very, very active. And although it doesn't get highlighted maybe in mainstream media enough, that's why we're here and we are those examples. Art talks about, you know, being excited to be the dad for his uh, kids when they get older. I'm excited about being the community dad once once I actually have a house and I have my grill on in the front yard and my basketball court and things like that. And the neighborhood kids know they can come up and run up and say, hey, Mr. Jones, what's happening? 
and we can just kick it and talk or whatever and just being involved with them in that regard um so yes it's about me and mine but it's also about you know everybody else's so just dispelling that myth and making sure that we are you know actively putting the right information out there and actively consuming mm -hmm. the right information when it comes to black fatherhood is very important and then going back to your point bj from the red table talk when they said when when he said about letting the mother um the mother letting the father be a dad that is so critical uh, because it is a really, really fine line, you know, that you got to dance sometimes, especially when it's a child that's yours, but not yours. Um, and figuring out where you are in that. But I think, um, especially in my, my particular case, because I was raised a bit differently, the relationship and understanding that you're, you can't, you can't, every child is not the same. So Definitely. what I can do with Kellen is completely opposite 99% of the time of what I can do with Nia because she's just wired differently. And I had to learn that. So just how Will talked about Trey and how he can light a fire on the tray by just pushing his head in the mud and saying, hey, get up, let's go. Mm -hmm. Can't do that with Willow. Couldn't do that with Jaden. And as a father, really understanding, you know, what your kids need to be able to be, uh, be fathered. You know, he, could, he couldn't come in with that militaristic style of, of his father. And I think that, you know, it's, it, you can't get away from your experiences. The father you are is going to be a combination of what you had, didn't have, and what you decide to do. But you got to really mix it in. But again, the evolution of the black male as a father is something we have to think about because at some point they thought that was the way that you had to bring us up to keep us safe. You had to make us yeah. like soldiers. Yeah. Right. And when I was listening to that part, the first person's father I thought about was Fresh's dad because he is very much that dude. Like, <laughs> like, really? like there is a code yeah. and, and man, if you get out of this code, we're going to have a problem. It is. Like to, <laughs> it to is. the, to the point, to the point of like, if he's with you, and another man looks at you wrong, he might slap you upside the head and be like, you just gonna let him disrespect you like that? You need to go <laughs> chop him in his throat right now. Why, why you ain't gonna punch him in his throat? You, you want me to do it? I'll go do it. <laughs> go, go ahead, Larry Fresh, you talk was, about your daddy. <laughs> was always listening to how, um, I don't want to say fear, but all of my, uh, all of my friends forever have always like felt like my dad is like, two seconds from breaking everybody's arm or something. And my dad is one of the funnest people I've ever like been around in my life, but it's always hilarious. Like he does have that military side. He has a military, he's a, an ex gang leader in uh you know, went to the military too. So he has definitely got that side of look, you there, there is no BSing around in some moments. And especially when it comes to, ensuring you get the respect that you deserve there's definitely been many things that he's instilled in in me to be able to allow me like the um i call it the daddy the daddy stare but being able to have that you know that look of i don't need to say much i don't even need to say nothing <laughs> but you know you need to stop whatever you're doing or it's going to be a severe problem was definitely um learned uh <laughs> through many of those visuals myself <laughs> trying to work on that <laughs> um, so daddy stare is 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 necessary when you can master the ability to um command attention and respect through just a look and no no speaking and no like when when somebody will give you um and this this works for children as well as adults because i have mm -hmm. i've daddy stare many adults to death um but you know that ability to just you know cut cut the noise with that look of just like nah it's it is what it is, and, and I don't think you want it to go to where it's about to go. So you need to go ahead and, and calm down. And see the, the daddy stare at that one, hey, with that bass. Right. Yeah, yeah, with bass. Yes. I got the bass, hey, that I got. I can do that. <laughs> the I'll, one I'll, I'll, I'll the kids real quick. But we're going to stare. I want to just be on outside of room and just, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Listen, we talked about that you had to be, that most fathers right now are, are together, the black families together, they're doing their thing. But 
Um, <laughs> if you are not happy in the situation you're in, there's no point in you staying there because your anger will then transfer over to and boil over at the wrong times. So you have to be able to say, listen, I'm going to be an awesome dad, but I just can't be an awesome boyfriend to you or an awesome partner to you. And know that and be okay with that and then work together to ensure that, that your, your, the child um, can grow that way. So as a dad, you got to be able to stand on your own and say the truth that you can be happy, which will then in turn you allow you to have your kids be happy uh, in the long run. So that's what I'll, I'll say. If I can tell anybody that, whoever is in that situation out there in the field, take a look at it and see if it's worth it. I would have to add to that that every day is going to be a challenge. Um, and some of the ones, some of the ones you, you're not going to have any idea what to do. Because like I said, there's no blueprint to do. There's no book to follow. Every child is different. Every relationship is different. Every situation situation and response is different um and it doesn't mean that you failed it just means you haven't unlocked the cheat code yet for like uh, for, to make it <laughs> to, to make it clear you haven't unlocked that level yet right so don't give up because the way a lot of men do if we can't fix it right then and there like we just give up on it right like in in a certain situation, not that we do that with our kids per se, but that's the attitude. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't fix it. I can't, I can't, I don't know what to do, but just know there's other people out there. Like we have to start talking to each other, right? I mean, even I, I've had friends that like were stuff with education come up and like they couldn't have the, the talk with at home. So they're like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, cause I have to have this conversation at home and I just don't know where to start. Like use our resources, use our networks to support one another. If not, you don't need a, a daddy circle sitting around and sharing stories, but you just need somebody you can call and just check in with, man, and just have some conversations sometimes. Like, you know, I don't feel like I'm as successful right now at this daddy thing as I should be. And that's okay, right? Cause we all, we all have been there. Um, but cherish every moment of it because those, your kids are watching no matter what. They're, they're watching how you respond how you act, even the times you're not saying they're they're living this, they're looking to see if you're living up to what you've always talked about. So if you always talked about finishing something that you started, are you living up to that principle? You always talked about um, looking at another man in the in his eyes, shaking his hand, and 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 setting these examples. They're seeing if you're doing it, and if you're not doing it as the father, then there's no way that they're gonna hold um, they're gonna hold you accountable and say you didn't even live up to your word when that when that when it's all said and done. So they're always watching. Just, just be, know that you're not gonna win every single thing and come out as the 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 victor, but use it as a learning lesson. Most definitely, I tell people all the time that um, I don't think people really realize like a family is the hardest business you are ever gonna run in your life, right? And people don't understand how many things correlate between business and managing a family. And I, I think a lot of people would be surprised how good they could be at running a business just because they're successful at, you know, keeping their household locked down and, and making sure nothing crazy goes on. But it's the, it's the same thing. You can't treat every employee just like every child the same. You have to be able to set different rules and standards and understandings of one, you can let go ahead and do something a little later because they'll have their stuff together and go ahead and do it. The other one you got to stay on top of because you already know that they're going to drift away and, and do whatever. It's, it's the same thing. And being able to understand and navigate and know that there is no um, black and white book of just simple, hey, if you do this, is, this is going to lead to success. Everything is a product of the understanding in the, um, what you've learned and then being able to apply it to the situation at hand. My message is to the the father that's not necessarily in the in the home with their child twenty four seven or has you know not is not with the mother of their child. Um, I just want them to know that it, although it's it very it's very difficult at times, you know you have to be persistent and you have to be patient uh, because the fruits of all of the labor it's like you have to be a father. You got You got to do it. You know, you got to handle your responsibility no matter what 
you know, hurdles and things are being thrown at you because that's what you, you, you've been called here to do. You had that child. Um, so understand that, you know, that you're not alone because there are absolutely more of us that go through these situations and hard times than, than not. Um, but it, it can be very fruitful if you stay the course uh, because it took a long time for the relationship with my child's mother to be to where it is today and my child's seven or, or Kellen's seven. Um, but there's, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that. There's a lot of conversations and you got to be open um, and understand that, you know, everything's not your way or, or the highway. There's, there's always a compromise in all of this stuff. So I, I just want to, those fathers to know that you know the system isn't necessarily rigged against you no matter how hard it is um you have rights you just have to really pursue them and be diligent in it and um you know once you do that and things are set up it should be very very easy on the other side but you got to stay persistent and you can't stop because this is your kids you're talking about like you, you can't quit on your kid didn't didn't will just say that in order to have that work his dad said you gotta just Give your hands up and say like surrender. And I, the the, see line. that that's bullshit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I understand. I you guys didn't get wrong. I got but, the <laughs> yes, now you got anything wrong. But yo, know, listen. Sometimes even in marriage, you gotta just be like, uh -huh. all right, no problem. Shoot the battles. And that was a point because th there is gonna come a day where come the, the day will come where it's like you know if you're doing everything you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. the child is gonna know that. And when they, like, I think they said 13, 14, whatever, yeah. when stuff starts to flip, you're going to be right there. And so, yeah, I did this, I did that. And then mommy got questions to answer at that point. Yep, exactly. I like the way how everybody made sure they went before me. Um, of course. No one's following you. Our association comes it out, so I'm like, well, might as well ride that wave. This is my first podcast. Before you go, man, before you go, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, great. <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say is, and all of you said a little bit of it, so I'll try to say it a different way, but there is no blueprint to being a father. And that's where Fresh said, there's no black and white, there's no manual. And I think the thing that we miss, we get into this, well, this is what worked for me, or this is what I see working for XYZ person that I think is an awesome dad. And that doesn't mean it's going to work for you because you're in one of the rare situations mm -hmm. that you have external and internal factors that totally mix everything up and make it different from day to day. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about internal, we're now talking about your traumas as a child, right. your traumas that you may have gone through with your father, the traumas of your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other, your baby mama, if you will. Um, there's things there that are going to manifest themselves in how you now raise your child. There's external factors in the fact of, well, let me, well, let me go back. You've got the internal development of identity of your child, which is going to call for different things. You, you don't know what, who that child's going to be. That child's still trying to figure out. You can't just try to parent that child as if the way they start on day one is going to be, the way they are on your last day. Mm -hmm. Then when we get to the external, look, man, you, you've got stresses. You're, you're, you're the mother of your child has stresses. That's going to create things. Your child has external factors. Again, where they're trying to figure out who they are, who they want to be in this world. And what you as a parent says or do becomes kind of, they could become numb to that. And they want to see what else is out there. They want, they want to find out, okay, let me validate this information or this way that my parent is trying to conduct themselves. So, and look, they're a human being. So that is the absolute right thing for them to do because that's all part of them forming who they're going to be at some point. So it's a continuously evolving situation, which means that you cannot just be this one rigid person if you want to maximize the relationship and maximize your role, you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to try new things. You're going to have to do what your parent and your grandparent didn't do mm -hmm. because it's, it's what, it's what called for, right? You see people out here getting um, 
computers for the children these days. That wasn't a thing back in the day. Back in the day, we had one computer in the house and that was it. Everybody had to use it. Some of us only had one television and that was it. Whatever we were watching, that's what we watched. Now kids got their own TV, their own devices. All of that warrants a different way to parent. Don't let anybody tell you that you got to do it a certain way. Don't think there's a blueprint. You print what's going to be your way. Boom. It is. My bad. Uh, Fresh Ovation and then Artist Corner. And then we're going to roll up out of this thing, man. But let me remind everybody where you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and the videos on YouTube and Vimeo. Uh, follow us at 13th Floor, please, on all social media platforms. And if you want us to uh, check out a topic or you want to get, get connected with us, 13th Floor Views at gmail.com. That's 13th Floor, 13th Floor Views at gmail.com. Reservation, you up first. Oakley, Oakley. Um, I don't got no sweet uh quote, but I do got a sweet statement. Um, basically find the joy in understanding and in, in, in the seeking of understanding. Stop getting so bent up and out of shape when you cannot initially decipher something that is uh perplexing you, uh, especially in the way that it relates to your children, your spouse, coworkers friends, all of that other good stuff, be able to um, not allow your lack of understanding to hinder you from finding that understanding and um, potentially ruining the relationship. So find the joy in understanding, seek understanding, um, especially when you don't have those opportunities to fully know what's going on and it's kind of getting you a little frustrated. Maybe through understanding, you can alleviate a lot of that frustration and get on a higher path. And that's what is preservation. We out. Wow. Easy, easy. Artist Corner, what you got there? Listen, there's a lot of stuff going on right now outside in the world. And you got to be great. You got to be grateful and happy for who's around you, what's around you. Take a second. Like I said, I always say, take a second to love the people that are near you, man. Hug your wife, hug your girlfriend, hug your mom, hug your father, hug your children. Um, and just enjoy being with them. You don't know what's going to happen outside tomorrow, um, but at this very moment that you're in, when you're with them, give them your attention, give them your time, um, and enjoy it. Enjoy who they are. You have to live life every second of the day, and that second matters to them, and it will matter to you. God forbid something happens in the future. So enjoy it. Make every moment memorable. Make every moment a memory for you. True. Absolutely. Coach K. It's your moment, man. Funny, y'all let me give all that fire and so much to tell right. me to hold some of it. But I got it. I don't care what it is you want to do. I don't care what that thing is that you just keep putting off. We started out talking about something that we did and we just moved. We didn't ask any questions. Nobody said, what if? We just moved forward. And there's something that most of you want to do. I'm going to say there's something that all of you want to do. And you keep talking yourself out of it. You think you, you, you're doubting yourself. Just, just start moving. Just start moving. Let the things fall in place. Some of you want to be a better father. Start moving. Make, make the first step, right? Even if you don't have a cooperative partner, find out what you can do. What are your rights? There are things that you can do to make sure that you can be the father that you aspire to be. Stop making excuses. Stop letting other people tell you, well, oh, it didn't work for me. You might as well not even waste your time. No, you, you invest the time and I guarantee you, you will get an outcome. Make moves, people. Don't just sit still. Take action. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. The isn't always the best, That's but the yeah. views, they are amazing. 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 amazing.